Hear the word of God from Psalm 145, verses 1 through 13. This reading comes from the Common English Bible. I will lift you up on high, my God, the true King. I will bless your name forever and always. I will bless you every day. I will praise your name forever and always. The Lord is great and so worthy of praise. God's greatness can't be grasped. One generation will praise your works to the next one, proclaiming your mighty acts. They will talk all about the glorious splendor of your majesty. I will contemplate your wondrous works. They will speak of the power of your awesome deeds. I will declare your great accomplishments. They will rave in celebration of your abundant goodness. They will shout joyfully about your righteousness. The Lord is merciful and compassionate, very patient and full of faithful love. The Lord is good to everyone and everything. God's compassion extends to all his handiwork. All that you have made gives thanks to you, O Lord. All your faithful ones bless you. They speak of the glory of your kingdom. They talk all about your power to inform all human beings about God's power and the majestic glory of God's kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingship that lasts forever. Your rule endures for all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all that he says, faithful in all that he does. The word of God for the world. Thanks be to God. The energy and joy in which Sue read that scripture is appropriate because of the content of that psalm. These are no small things that God has done. Every single thing in that psalm is a reminder of the great things that God has done in the history of the people, and they're all worth remembering. To the point that Psalm 145, unlike most every other psalm, is unique in that it is meant to be memorized. It's actually structured as an acrostic, which means that if you look at the Hebrew text, you'll notice that every line in Psalm 145 begins with a different consecutive letter in the Hebrew alphabet. What that means is that this psalm was meant for people to memorize, but not just memorize, internalize, to make it a part of who they were. It's meant to be a part of who we are suggesting to us that we should always remember the great things that God has done in our lives and in the context of this church to remember the great things that God has done even over the past year at Hyde Park United Methodist. And so it does beg the question this morning that if this church were to live out Psalm 145, what do you suppose would be the great things that we would remember that God has done over the past year. So this sermon is a little bit of a different format than the usual ones that I preach. I'm going to do a little less talking this morning and a little more introducing of five different stories, five different witnesses from five different real-life people who have been touched by God's grace and God's love, 
who tell their stories because of what you have done, what we have done together to create a church in which God has done great, great things. The story of Hyde Park began 120 years ago in 1899 when a small group of members of First Methodist Church in downtown Tampa crossed the Hillsborough River in order to start a, a new Sunday school class right here in this area. And on that very first Sunday when that small group met, they sang the great hymn, I Love to Tell the Story. It's that hymn that became implanted into the DNA of this place, because little would they have known that 120 years later, this place would become Hyde Park United Methodist Church and would still be telling the stories of Jesus to newer and newer generations. It's in our DNA to tell the story of Jesus every Sunday in worship. It is always our hope that worship in this place is not simply a destination that you come to, not just a place where you get what you need, but that you receive the kind of inspiration and the kind of instruction to go out, out into the world and give yourself to God and others. That is certainly the way worship impacts people like Cindy May, who was the first of our five witnesses this morning who sings in one of our music ensembles right here in the chancel choir and shares with us the power of what God has done in and through this church in worship. My name is Cindy May, and I sing in the chancel choir, the chapel choir, and I ring in the adult handbell choir here at Hyde Park. Participating in the traditional music program here has been a real blessing to me. Most importantly, Worship through choral music provides a richer, more meaningful worship experience for me. Hopefully, the music that we participants provide also enhances the worship experience of the rest of the congregation. Music adds an emotional dimension to the paraphrased scriptural passages or theological principles on which the texts to the anthems or hymns are based. For some people, myself included, the meaning is more readily apparent when sung, or even heard sung, than when speaking or silently reading the words. Most choral singers, myself included, derive both spiritual and psychological benefits from gathering with others and praising God through singing. The personal problems or concerns of the day are forgotten when you're singing or ringing with others. And when the session is over, Somehow those cares don't seem as significant or daunting as they did before. These are just a few of the great things God has been doing in me through Hyde Park. God has consistently done great things in worship in this church over the past year. Thanks to the commitment of people like Cindy and to your generosity. And if you're glad to be part of a church where that happens, would you say amen? It's also in our DNA to love God and to love everyone, without exception, without exclusion, without judgment. In fact, the phrase, loving God and loving all, became adopted as part of our vision plan this past year. And because of that, God has done great things in our efforts to love all people. In the 1950s, a pastor of this church named Dr. Lori Ray took a firm stand against segregation during the height of the civil rights era. 
During an official board meeting of this church, he declared that racial discrimination is incompatible with biblical teaching, and he swayed the board to vote in his favor. Today, we live into Dr. Ray's spirit by being a welcoming place where all people can feel loved, regardless of their race, their socioeconomic status, their gender, their sexual orientation, their income level, their age, their beliefs, or even their lack of beliefs or their abilities. And when people discover that in this church, when they discover that this is a place that truly loves God and loves all, we hear stories, story after story, just like the one that is told by Gabe Alves, who was a member of our contemporary band. Hello everyone, my name is Gabe Alves, and I've been a member of uh, High Park United Methodist since 2011. For a long time, I didn't have a church family. I grew up in a church, but then I, I kind of was distant from any sort of religious activity for a long time. And, uh, and then I had a friend tell me about um, High Park United Methodist. The first time that I came, to be honest, I was a little leery because I grew up in church and I wasn't going to church for a long time. So I was kind of like a little skeptical about coming to church again. But it was a really nice surprise when I came here. I saw that um, being a church with open arms was not just something written on a piece of paper, but that's what it was exactly happened when I came here with my family. I started getting involved in the church, not just with the worship, but also helping around with uh, Vicky, with missions. So one of the greatest things that God has done in my life through Hyde Park is the fact that I was able to find a church family again, a place where I have the support, not just for me, but also for my family to build relationships. There's no other place that I really wanna belong. And that's how God has done great things in my life through this church. Our renewed commitment to love God and to love all truly is one of the great things that God has done in this church. And if you're glad to be a part of a church like that, say amen. amen. It is in our DNA to serve as well. Since the days when Dorothy leaving and her merry band of lay people began serving peanut butter sandwiches in the corners to the homeless guests around the streets, which would become our open arms ministry, to the people who now serve at Dunbar Elementary, to the countless youth and adults and families who serve both here and afar in our domestic and international missions trips, this is a church that has seen God do great things because they have allowed God to do great things through them. That has certainly been the case for Eddie and Colleen Suarez, who came to this church not too long ago and immediately felt welcomed, and then immediately got busy serving other people in the name of Jesus. The best way to answer the question of what uh, great things God has done and is doing in my life is to focus on the people that God has put in my life. Um, I was born in Cuba. Uh, my mom and dad uh, suffered and sacrificed greatly so that my sister and I could grow up in America and they struggled to provide us with a safe and secure environment and to educate us and to lead us to love and serve the Lord. And in addition to my mom and dad, uh, God has 
placed just wonderful people throughout my life to be mentors and friends and guides, many of whom are members right here at High Park United Methodist. And these are people that help me every day in my walk with the Lord. And they're kind and they're forgiving because they see me stumble all the time and they're still there to help me. But perhaps the greatest thing God has done in my life is my wife, Colleen. Uh, to lead me to her and most importantly to somehow get her to fall in love with me. Every day she quietly and humbly goes out and serves God along with, with many other folks right here in Hyde Park who also nurture her and guide her and help her. She has put countless hours volunteering with other disciples from our church at Dunbar Elementary. She has tutored uh, the children of refugees she works with her mentee through the Hillsborough County Educational Foundation. She's an amazing woman. God is doing great things through her, and I am grateful that she's in my life. You are part of Eddie and Colleen's story, and our ongoing commitment to serve other people in this community and around the world is one of the great things that God has done. And if you're glad to be a part of a church like that, say amen. If I were to sum up for you what lies at the heart of what it means to be a Christian, I would choose just one single word, grace. Jim Harnish used to say that grace means that God loves us enough to meet us where we are, but loves us too much to leave us there. Over this past year, God has done great things by offering grace to ordinary people just like you and just like me, empowering them then to show grace to other people. That's certainly been the case for Angela Schroden. She's one of our key leaders in children's ministry, particularly Vacation Bible School, where once again this past summer we shared the love of Jesus with over 400 children thanks to the work of over 200 adult volunteers. It is that commitment to children's ministries that enables us to show the grace of Jesus Christ to newer and newer generations of Christians led by people like Angela who experienced grace here for herself. My name is Angela Schroden, and my husband and I found Hyde Park United Methodist through one of God's creative ways. I was looking for a pair of chairs on Craigslist, and Ashley Gardner, who attends church here, uh, was selling a pair of chairs on Craigslist. And when she came to deliver them, besides catching up, because I had known her um, for a few years, I asked her where she and her family were attending church, and she mentioned Hyde Park United Methodist. I think the next Sunday, my husband and I were here, and we were instantly welcomed into this community. So I would say that was the first thing that we recognized about Hyde Park United Methodist, was the authenticity and the niceness of everyone that was here. Making God's love real was not just something that was on a coffee mug. It wasn't just something that people said that there were all these real ways that people did that at this church, right? Through the children's ministry, through all the time that people commit there, um, through the open arms ministry, through vacation Bible school, where people dedicate unbelievable amount of hours, right, to make that happen. And so if you asked someone else, right, what has attending Hyde Park United Methodist done for Angela? What has been greater about her since she's attended here? I think they would answer her grace has grown. I just have a softer heart now for people that just need some help um, or a little support. So I would say um, grace, grace is what's better.
It would be almost too innumerable to count the many ways that God's grace has been shown to our children throughout this past year. It's one of the great things that God has done, thanks to your generosity and to the commitment of people like Angela. And if you're glad to be a part of a church like that, say amen. And finally, we remember that back in 1846, one of the original American Methodist preachers named J.C. Lee traveled all throughout Florida planting churches, and he stopped at a little patch of ground that would eventually become our beloved Tampa, Florida. And it was there that he planted a church, a little congregation that would love God and love all. When he planted that church, he wrote in his journal that he prayed that that little congregation that would become First Methodist in downtown Tampa would, quote, be like a little vine that would spread all throughout these lands. And surely it did. That little vine called First Methodist certainly did spread, and today that is the very site of our new Portico campus. Its mission is the same as ours, to love God, to love all, to make God's love real, to teach people to follow Jesus, and to reach a new and emerging segment of people in our area, those who are no longer drawn to the conventional forms of organized religion, but care a lot about issues like homelessness and artistry and other social concerns. The portico is our leading edge into reaching a new frontier of new people, people like Jessica O'Toole. My name is Jessica O'Toole, and I discovered the portico just over a year ago when I had moved to Tampa, and I was downtown looking for a coffee shop. I was really moved by the mission to help the homeless. And even though I had given up on traditional church, I felt a spark of hope, like I could be a part of a worshiping community where all were welcome and all were loved. At the Portico, I really feel like I'm a part of something larger than myself and have the opportunity to use God's gifts that He has given me. I help lead a small group called Word and Table uh, and share God's love with other young adults who are seeking community. The Portico has really helped me. Um, God has worked in my life and helped me to love myself more freely and to love others more freely. And I'm really thankful to be a part of Hyde Park and the Portico. The many people who've come to know Jesus because of the cafe and the event space and the worshiping community and the small groups is one of the great things that God has done over the past year. And if you're glad to be part of a church that supports a ministry like the Portico, say amen. amen. These are all great things that God has done, but you know what? God isn't finished yet. In fact, God has even greater things planned for the future. And the best news of all, as I've said many, many times, is that this church already has everything that it needs to lay the groundwork for God's love to be made real in new and exciting ways in the year 2020 and beyond. And all of its resources are in you. It's in your hands, it's in your time, it's in your talents, and it is in your wallets. And this is the way we get to be the church together. In your bulletin this morning is an estimate of giving card for 2020. This year, we have waited until today, until this morning, until this worship service to give them out with the hopes that over the last two months, you have been prayerfully discerning 
uh, through your own spiritual journey of prayer and discernment, how you might fill out the estimate of giving card this morning. Many of you have been reading the free daily devotional that we handed out and been reading it for four weeks. You've heard many sermons and teachings about strengthening your spiritual practices of giving and reading and inviting others and praying. You've been given charts and other resources that detail the ways that you can take the next step up in your giving for next year. So now is the time for us to join together in the exciting future that God has for this church. We'll invite you now to fill out a number on that card and then bring it up with you when you come up for communion later on in the service. And you can simply fold that card in half and use the self-adhesive enclosure to keep your information private as you bring it up and leave it on the altar rail here as you come up for communion. By the way, for any of us who are visiting this morning or first-timers, this isn't for you. We don't do this every Sunday, I can assure you. you don't, please come back. We're not going to do this again next Sunday. But this is for all of us who desire to be part of God's exciting future that God has for this church. And by the way, if you would like to uh, submit it quickly, you can do it online, digitally, right now on your smartphone, on the uh, graphic, on the web address that's on the graphic right now on the screen. And if you'd like to bring up a card, you can simply write down, I submitted it online, and still bring the card up with you. So that together we can come up with gratitude and come forward with joy to experience, to experience the presence of Jesus in communion and commit ourselves together for the great things that God wants to do. I wonder if this time next year, when we gather for worship next November, what are the stories that we'll be able to tell? Who are the people who will be bubbling with excitement about what God has done in their life because of what you are doing right now, committing to be part of newer stories, of newer people, who want to be touched by the love of God. Great things God has done, and even greater things God will do with great things yet to come. Let's pray together. God, we thank You for the gift of remembrance that invites all of us to recollect the incredible things that You've done and the people whose lives have been touched because of Your power, Your Spirit, and the generosity of Your people. Right now, I pray for everybody who has a card in hand or anybody worshiping online, praying through what numbers they can put on that card. We pray that it will be done with great joy, it will be done with a spirit of generosity, that it will even be done with a leap of faith, stretching us beyond our ability, we think, to give. Honor those commitments, honor the spirit of our hearts and our generosity as we bring our commitments to You so that we can bear witness once again to your amazing spirit, your love made real, on into the future. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and let all God's people say, amen. So we invite Debbie to come up to give us some additional practical ways that you can strengthen your spiritual disciplines this week, and we invite her to come forward. So as we look to 
strengthen those spiritual practices of giving and reading scripture, inviting others and praying. A couple of ways in which you might consider participating in that this week is first, to give joyfully and generously. We have our manna bag table out in the courtyard today where our youth ministry will be selling those manna bags. Those manna bags, they provide a day's worth of supplies for those who are living on the streets. You can take them, put them in your car, and hand them out when the opportunity arises. Now, to encourage you with scripture reading without fear or frustration, we have two opportunities for you. First off, Advent groups are starting. Yes, it is almost Christmas, and this week we are going to start our Advent groups, and uh, we are using the book called Almost Christmas. Uh, you can sign up uh, online on the website that's noted, or feel free to call the church office and they can get you some information. But you can also participate in something coming up next year that will strengthen that spiritual practice of reading scripture. And that is by joining with us as we read through the Bible together in our Bible Project 2020. Uh, if you would like to be a part of a small group to, to get started off in the new year, I invite you to go to the website and there's also information on your insert in the bulletin today for that. You know, our personal practices of GRIP ultimately lead us to that spiritual practice of serving others. And we're going to do that together next week when we gather together as a church and we go down to the Metropolitan Ministries holiday tent and we all are the church together when we serve together. It is uh, the Metropolitan Ministries Holiday Tent is at its new location on Rome Avenue. And if you have not signed up yet, there are still slots to do that. You can go do that online, but there is also a table that's going to be in the courtyard after this service. And we still have open slots for you to step in and join us next Sunday for an exciting day of being the church together and serving. And so now as we continue to prayerfully fill out those cards and prepare ourselves for the sacrament of Holy Communion, I invite the ushers to come forward as we share together in our tithes and offerings this morning. <laughs> 